Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Quote unquote, you've got your quote unquote business done with God. But let me tell you something. Um, your business with God starts every morning. All right? I want you to hear that. It starts every morning. Every morning, that's when it starts. It's very simple. We've simplified. We've simplified um, walking out our faith. And I don't know about you guys, but walking out my faith has been kind of complicated. Are you with me? It's been kind of complicated. It's been kind of... It's been kind of... Um, a, a win or two here, and maybe a loss there, and then a win or two here, and maybe a loss there. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, is where we're going to be at today. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I want to go ahead and read that. You guys stand up. Let's stand as we read God's Word together. Let's do that. <clears throat> this is this. It says, What is causing quarrels and fights among you. What is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that's at war within you? So it says this. It basically says this. It really means what is causing fights and quarrels among you or within you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war? Or it also says the evil pleasures, those desires and pleasures that are within you. You want to kill what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're, je- you're, you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war and take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You, wait, you want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? So I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think the scripture means when it says the spirit of God is placed within us and is filled with envy, but he gives us even more grace to stand against the evil desires or pleasures? As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Lord God, come now, dwell among us, and let us see what exactly your word's trying to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, we have been going through a series of change, and I've asked you to do some things. The first thing I've asked you to do is identify the change. And so right now, what I want you to do is if you've been coming here for a while and you've been going through this series, I want you to do this right now. You should have written that down somewhere in your phone, Maybe you should have written it down somewhere on a, on a notepad. Uh, maybe you wrote it down in your Bible. I don't know where you wrote it down. If you've got that written down somewhere, I want you to take your hand and put it over your mouth, and I want you to speak that. Not, don't, don't be listening to what everybody else is saying. What is that one thing that you need to change, okay? I want you to do that now, all right? Ready? Go. All right, so you know it, right? You know it. So we identified the need. Then we talked about removing the baggage 
and the labels. A lot of times what happens in our lives is we get baggage and we get labels as we begin to go through life. Some of that baggage is given to you when you're young. Some of the baggage is given to you. Some of the labels are given to you when you're young. When I was young, I was given the label of stupid. All right? I was stupid. I wasn't very intelligent for school, right? I wasn't stupid at all. I had attention deficit and no pills. I mean, that's just reality. I was hyperactive. That's who I was. And so, but a lot of my teachers, especially Ms. Hooper in fourth grade, Ms. Hooper, whatever, uh, she, she was saying like, well, you're not, I don't think you're, you know, you're going to struggle, you're going to fail, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm like, well, no, I didn't do that. I, I made it through and I was fine. And that label was a lie. And some of you guys have been given labels too. And you've carried baggage too. You've carried baggage. You've been given labels. Some of you guys, though, have gotten past those things, and you're to the, really to the next step, and that is, is to align your life with God. You, in order to have true change, now listen, let me say something. You can, have, you can have what I call temporary change. All right, There's something that's unique that happens with people. For instance, whenever they decide to get in shape, a lot of people try to get in shape. A lot of people go and they say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat three crackers and a glass of water and work out for four hours a day. All right, cool. And they go do that for about a day and a half. They decide to kill their, uh, kill their husband or wife, all right, because they're so hungry, uh, and it doesn't last, all right? Well, that's, that's what you call having a diet mentality. That's what you call having a temporary mentality, things that you can't sustain, and also things that are not real with who your character is. But I want to tell you this. In order to have true change, you have to align yourself. You have to align your life with what God's Word says, all right? He didn't come and die so that you can go do whatever you want to and still be in fellowship with him. He actually came so you can align your life with him. And finally, last week, I challenged you guys to do this, to remember your position in Christ, to remember what God did for you and to remember who you are in him when you have decided to fully follow him. But today, we're going to take that next step. The true step to change, remember your position in Christ. And the second one is this, submit to God. Submit to God. I've been doing ministry for about 20-something years now, and let me tell you how this usually occurs. Someone decides that they want to have a change in their life. Maybe Holy Spirit begins to talk to them. Holy Spirit begins to talk to them. They want to have a change in their life, and then what occurs is this. They decide to come down front. They come down front, and they say things to me, and they are very genuine, all right? Their genuine needs and wants to change. They're genuine. They genuinely want to be different. They really do. And they tell me, they begin to tell me all these things, all right, that they're going to do, all right? I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm not going to do that anymore, and I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, have you guys ever had a kid? This is so funny. You guys ever known a kid that got in trouble? You ever had a kid that got in trouble? Um, whenever I used to teach and stuff, these kids would get in trouble. And, and maybe your kids, when they get in trouble, and you always ask them this question, well, what should, what, what should your punishment be? You know, what should your consequence be? And it's so funny because you know what kids do? What kids do is they go, okay, here's my consequence. Okay, I stole a piece of gum, all right, from my friend. All right, I'm going to rake the lawn for five days in a row, and I'm going to rake the neighbor's lawn and their lawn, and I want to be grounded for eight months. All right, that's what I'll do because what I did. Well, the truth is, is you were just going to say, hey, go give him another piece of gum, give it back. But have you ever noticed that? The kids always is much worse than what you would have actually done. And we've done the same thing. We've done the same thing in our own life. It's so funny because... Sometimes whenever uh, Blake wants to make some money, he says, hey, what can I do around the house? 
And he'll say, I want to do this. I'll do the laundry and vacuum the floors and clean my toilets like eight times with a toothbrush. And I'll do this for $3. And I'm like, okay, go do it. There you go. Here's three bucks, man. It's so funny because we all have these grandiose things. Okay, well, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And that's what happens when kids come, whenever adults come down front. You guys, you come down front, you tell me what you're going to do and what you're going to do. But let me tell you something. There's a problem with that. Here's the problem with that. The problem is, is that when you come down and tell me what you're going to do, what you're saying is this. You're saying, I can. That's what you're saying. I can. I can turn this around. I can do this or do that or do this or do that. When you submit to God, you're saying, I can't. I don't want you to miss that. You see, a lot of us, we get it really backwards. The reality is, is that you can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the reality. Nothing. You can come down front and commit. And how many people have done that? You've come down front and you've committed or you've decided, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to commit to this and commit to that. And you've got, you've, I mean, seriously, New Year's, New Year's Day, I'm going to commit to this and this and this and this and this. And you genuinely want to do it. But the truth of the matter is, is you don't have the ability to do it. Because the truth is, if you had the ability to do it, you'd have been doing it all along. And no matter how much willpower you think you have, no matter how much stuff you think you have within you, you don't have the ability long-term to do it. Especially change in your behavior and change of things that God wants to change in you. You don't have the ability to do it. And so that's why James chapter 4 says, what happens? Let me tell you what happens. You war within yourself. You have all of this stuff going on within you. And I don't know if you guys are really clocking with this, but I hope you are because I am. I war, I hear, I hear what he says. You're warring within you and you want to commit. And so time after time after time after time, you make commitment after commitment after commitment. And the truth is, is every single time you break the commitment after a while. After a while, you break the commitment. You see, we come to God and we say, Jesus, I, I, I can. I, 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 can, I can change. I, I, I can grow. I can. And Jesus says, no, you got it, you got it messed up. I'm not asking you to come to me to say you can. I'm asking you to come to me and say you can't. That's what submitting to God looks like. Submitting to God means this. You come down front and you say, I cannot do this. I can no longer do this. I have tried and I have tried and I have tried and I have tried. And I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, it's funny. I give it all to you, God. I give it all to you, God. Trust that you're going to make something beautiful out of me. I give it all to you, God. I give it all to you, God. And I trust that you're going to make something beautiful out of me. You know what that looks like? That's submission. That's what submission looks like. It's coming under, it's coming under what God says. It's coming under his word. It's coming under Jesus' plan for your life. It's coming under that. You see, God doesn't want us to commit first. He wants us to submit first. He wants submission. And then after you have submitted, at that point, he wants you to commit.
only after you have submitted. Let me tell you something. You know what religious says, religion says? Religion says this. Religion says, do all these things, commit to all these things, and you'll be holy. And you guys have done that, and I've done it too. Okay, I'm going to read my Bible every morning for 30 minutes. And the funny thing about that is, and I'm not saying you can't do that, but the funny thing about that is, is that you're running out the door 15 minutes late as it is. And all of a sudden, you're just going to carve 30 more minutes out of your day? There's going to take some major overhauling to do that. And your simple commitment is not going to motivate you to do that. But coming under Christ will motivate you to do that. Coming under Christ will motivate you to get up 30 minutes early. Coming under Christ. Religion says this, if I do all of these things, then I will be holy. But Jesus says this, he says, submit to me and build a relationship with me. And you will begin the process of purification and holiness. That's what he says. A lot of us want to commit before we submit. And submission is your first step. You have to remember your position in Christ. And then you have to submit to God. And nothing else that you do, nothing else that you do is going to bear fruit until you submit to God. Nothing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how holy you desire to be. It doesn't matter how much you do. It doesn't matter how much you plan. None of that, none of that matters until you submit to God. And a part of that submission is something that we don't want to talk about. A part of that submission is to repent. And repent is a good old religious word, isn't it? Repent, brother, and be baptized. And forgiven of all your sins. We've heard that a million times. We don't want to hear the word repent. What does repent say? Repent says that I'm driving down the highway and I'm going in the wrong direction. And I get off of the interstate and I cross over the median. Repent doesn't mean you just stop where you are. It means that you go a totally different direction. You get off of the interstate, go back over the the bridge, turn back the other way and go the opposite way. It means that you recognize, after you've aligned yourself with Christ, it means you recognize that your life currently doesn't line up with what the text says of the scriptures. I want you to hear that. A lot of people, what they want to do is, is they want to take God. You know, God made man in his own image, and we've been trying to make God in our own image ever since. Are you with me? God made man in his own image, and we've been trying to make God in our own image ever since. And so what we do is we do like Thomas Jefferson did. You guys know what Thomas Jefferson did with the scriptures? You know what he did with the scriptures? He went through the scriptures and he took a knife and he cut out all of the things that he did not like of the scriptures. And he took and he pasted on those that he liked. And that was his Bible. Everything that he didn't like, he took out and threw away. And everything that he liked, he kept. And so the only things he focused on were the things that he liked. But here's what I want you to understand. If you want to live a life that's totally free, if you want to live a life that's totally aligned with God, if you want to live a life where change, the whatever you whispered in your hand is necessary and is is possible, if you want to live that life, you cannot ignore those things that you don't like. You can't ignore those things that you don't agree with. I'm sorry, can I be honest with you guys? There's things in here I don't necessarily like or agree with. But because I decide to submit to God, to put myself under, under God's authority, 
all right, before I committed to anything, I wanted to repent and put myself under God's authority. And here's the, here's the thing we don't want. We, we want to come down and commit, but we don't want to repent. We don't. We don't want to do that because repent means that we have to radically change. We have to stop what we've done, we've been doing, things that do not align with God's word. We have to do it. And in order to change, you guys, you have to learn to repent, to turn a 180 and go directly the opposite direction. Not really fun today, huh? It's the toughest part. Listen, it's the toughest part of change. Today's message is the toughest part of change. It just is. It just is because at some point you have to look yourself in the eye and you have to look in that mirror and you have to see exactly who you have or who you've become and you have to say, let me say something. What I'm doing here, whatever it is I'm doing is not working. All right. The fruit that I'm getting from what I've been doing is not working anymore. And I have to, there has to be someone much bigger than myself that can help me out of this pit. That's why a couple of, a couple of texts over in James, it says this, it says, and I love this part. It says, so humble yourself before God. All right. Humble yourself before God. And it says, humble yourself before the Lord. And then he says this, and he will lift you up in honor. If you'll, if you'll humble yourself before God, and, and later on in, in the text, in verse 10, it says, humble yourself, and then he will lift you up in honor. Right before that, it says this. It says, let there be tears for what you have done. I want you to hear that. That's looks, what that is is repentance. Let there be tears for what you have done. All right. Let there be sorrow and grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Let there be those things. Let you really repent. Break your heart over what you've done. Break your heart in the areas where your life doesn't align with God. And then he says this, and humble yourself. Because when you humble yourself and you submit yourself under the God, he says he will then, he will then, the text says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in what? In honor. He will lift you up in honor. A lot of us want to keep, you know, there's a song called Jesus Take the Wheel. All right, I love it. There used to be a bumper sticker when I was growing up. It says, Jesus is my co-pilot. Can I tell you guys something? Jesus is not my co-pilot. Jesus is driving the doggone car, and I'm in the back somewhere, clueless, you know, probably out of my car seat, jumping around, you know, with my sippy cup spilled. You know what I mean? That's me, all right? I'm probably back in the back picking my nose and flicking it, or so I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not driving the car, and Jesus is not my co-pilot, and I definitely am not driving the plane. Jesus is the pilot. He's the driver. And I'm in the back just along for the ride, hoping to learn a little something from the one that created me. It's who I am. In order to truly change you guys, it's not just coming down front and making some commitment. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you, if that's what you've done, for the most part, it's worthless. And I will tell you that your life probably reflects the fact, if you'll be honest with yourself, that it's worthless. Because you came down, you felt good for a moment, and that's how it always feels, right? Man, those first couple days of eating those crackers and water, man, it feels good. You're like, man, I'm about to gnaw my arm off, but hey, man, I'm succeeding here. And then all of a sudden, you guys are, I had a buddy of mine that, did, that wanted to do a fast, and we'll talk about that in a second, but I had a buddy of mine that wanted to do a fast. And so he started fasting, and he had to go pick up something from Sam's on a Saturday. You guys already know. He was starving, he was hungry. He had been fasting for like two days, you know what I mean? And he was, it was like his second day, and he was like, man, I feel so good. He got up. He felt so much energy. He was like, man, I feel so, I just, I've been praying. God's really speaking to me. And he went to doggone Sam's. And that doggone P 
pizza person that everybody knows how Sam's pizza tastes. They ain't got to give you samples for God's sakes. Oh no, they're going to give out samples, man. He rounded that corner and all of a sudden that pizza hit him right in the face. And he just started walking like a zombie to the pizza. And he took a big old bite. And then he did this. And you know you've done it too. He walked around for a while and walked back through and went, hey. And, and hope they didn't. She didn't recognize him. You know you did it too. If it's good, I'm just going to get one more, okay? Like she's like the keeper of the slices or something, you know? And then he turned another aisle, look right, he was going to turn another aisle, boom, the carrot cake. You know, those carrot cakes are about, about the size of this table, actually, and about that thick. You know what I mean? Like 4,000 calories for, you know, an ounce. And he turned that and he started wearing it out. He said, man, I was all puffed up. I, I had it, man. I was doing it. And I went to Sam's. He said, you know what, Mr. Williams? I said, what? He said, I got so frustrated, I forgot what I even went to Sam's for. He said, I went to Sam's to get something, and I forgot. I just focused on the food. <laughs> he said, I went through there, and I embarrassed myself. Going three or four times to the little egg rolls they give out and everything. We do that, don't we? That's who we are. It's who we are. We don't have the ability. Religion says I can. I can do these things and make myself holy. Jesus says, no, you can't, but I can for you, and we can do this together. The second thing is that we have to embrace the process of greater grace. Embrace the process of greater grace. What does that mean? Hey, listen, verse 5 says this, and if you're feeling all bad right now, don't feel bad because verse 5, it says this. It says, what do you think the scriptures mean when they say that the spirit God has placed within us is filled with envy? What do you mean that, to, to think that the, the spirit that God has placed within us is filled with envy? Hey, listen, our natural state, our natural state is to bend towards sin. It just is. It's our natural state. It's because of the fall. It's because of the Adam and Eve situation in the fall, our natural state is to bend towards sin. But God has a great thing in store for us. And it's this, because he goes home to say, but he gives us even more. And in another text, it says greater, even more or greater grace to stand against such evil desires. All right. To stand against such evil desires. He gives greater Grace. Can I tell you how much God wants you to submit to him? Can I tell you how much he wants you to submit? Can I tell you? Here's how much God wants you to submit to him. He wants you to submit so badly that right there, right after that, he says this, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. Now, if you think you can still do it on your own and you're prideful and you think you got this and it's all this, I got this. I want you to know something. God is not just, God is not just going to leave you alone. He actually is going to oppose you. He opposes you. He opposes you when you think you can do it on your own, all right? But he gives greater grace to those that know they can't. What does greater grace mean? Well, it looks like this, all right? You, you have repented and you have submitted to God. You have repented and you've submitted to God. And just like the devil always does, you start to face challenges, all right? Now, maybe before, let's say, I'm not, I'm not saying this is hypothetical. I know no one would ever do this, but let's say your issue is anger in the car, all right? Now, I'm not saying anybody here would get angry in the car. You know what I mean? I'm not saying anybody would. It's just me, 
okay? But let's say your issue is anger in the car and you know that's something you need to change. And when you need to change that, maybe you decide, you come down, you decide maybe even on a Sunday, hey man, I'm ready to submit to God. I want to come under his authority. I see where God's word says, be angry and sin not. I know that's a a sin. I want to repent of that and I want to to align my, my life with God. I really want God to help me through this. And so that morning you get up, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much that that your word says that I can be angry and sin not. And thank you so much that your word says that you oppose the proud, but that the humble, and I want to humble myself, God, the humble you can do work with. And you'll mold me and you'll shape me. That's what your word says. And so you get in the car and you start on your daily commute. All right? And that first jerk pulls out in front of you. And you just just so happen to be listening to Christian music as you're driving along, all right? I'm, you're worshiping. I mean, worshiping. You're driving. That jerk pulls out, and all of a sudden, you feel a little bit of blood pressure. And your mind goes back to yesterday, and your mind goes back to this morning. And God says, just calm down. It's all good. And you keep on driving. And all of a sudden, that second jerk pulls out in front of you. And that second jerk was worse because he not only pulls out in front of you, that nimrod turns almost immediately right after he gets on the road. You ever, you know, people like that? You turn in front of me. I'm going 55, you're going 25, and then you're going to pull into the next driveway. All right? So by this time, it's starting to really rise up. All right? It's starting to really rise up. And so then the worst thing happens of all. The third time... You lose it. You lose it. Go ballistic. I'm talking about nut up ballistic. I'm talking about crazy ballistic. All right, I'm talking about fingers flying. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. And immediately the devil says, see, I told you. See, I told you. You're never, you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. You're going to be the same failure that you've been your whole life. This anger that your dad gave you and his granddad gave you and his granddad gave you, you're going to be the same way your whole life. You have a choice right there. You see, because before, the first time, the first time someone pulled out in front of you, you'd have done what you did the third time. Now, you have a choice. You can look at it like this. You can say, well, he's right. That was right. I'm never going to make it. Or you can say, you know what? Today, Lord, I'm not going to run from you, and I'm not going to be ashamed you know, uh, of, of what I've done. I'm coming to you right now, Lord, as I'm driving behind this jerkwad that just turned off. All right, I'm driving and I'm saying, Lord, I'm asking you for your grace right now and I want you to please keep helping me. And that's what happened day one. On day two, three people did it and you made it to the fourth time. And then day three and day four and day five, and pretty, pretty soon, you guys, after submitting day after day after day, it gets easier and easier and easier. Do you know what grace is? You know what a great picture of grace is? Grace is this. Grace is what you should have done and what you did do. That area right in the middle is where grace is. What you should have done and what you did do, Jesus pops himself right down in the middle. And he gives greater grace. Greater grace for what? 
greater grace so that daily you can overcome those things which you have submitted and turned over to God. He gives greater grace for those things. That's who he is. That's who he is as a God. That's who he is as an individual. That is who Jesus is for us. Hey, if you guys could do it on your own, if you could do it on your own, you wouldn't need a Savior. And there's a lot of people out there trying to do it on their own. One thing I've learned about ministry is this, is that there's a lot of people that look from the outside like they have it all together. But I'll tell you what, once you get into their lives, you recognize they're just as screwed up as you are. And it involves everyone. Everyone. What do we do? Well, we submit to God. We take our lives and we put them under, under God's authority. And then, and only then, we commit. God, because I'm under your authority, I'm committing. I'm committing to do these things and to give it over to you and to change. That's what God calls us to do. We're going to continue this message next week. It's too good to cut short. We're going to continue talking about living a life through the Spirit and what it looks like to literally resist the devil like James says at the end of verse 7. I want to encourage you guys today to not get caught up in making plans for your life without first putting your life under the authority of God and submitting to Him. Repent and then submit and then at that point commit to what God's calling you to do. I promise you if you'll do that, I promise if you'll do that, he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He'll be there for you even to the end. Let me pray for you. Lord God, thank you so much for today. What an incredible day we've had here at Real Church. What, a, what an incredible day we've had here worshiping you. God, your word tells us that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. Your word says that when we will align our lives with you, that you will come in and take over and we will be doing things that we never thought possible. And so God, today I ask you to come into people's lives. Let them see that they don't have to commit. They need to submit to you. If they want to change, it's all part of submitting to your authority and putting their lives under your authority. God, as they do that, I ask that you show up. Lord, show up in the car tomorrow as they're driving, trying to get through that anger. Show up in various ways like you say you will. Lord, the Word says that whenever we are tempted, that you will show us a way out. We ask you to do that today. Lord, as we worship in this last song, may we be people that open our hearts and lives up to you and show Jesus to everyone we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and let's worship.
Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care. Thank you.